Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us this morning attorney David Burstein from the law firm of Lang Michener in Toronto, Ontario. David is the chair of the firm's Toronto Insurance Litigation Group. He advises insurers on coverage issues and is defense counsel in several practice areas, including automobile, personal injury, and general liability. David, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Our topic today centers on an Ontario court appeal based on a serious head injury caused by a parked truck, and Brendan Noonan leads off with our first question for today. Uh, Yes, uh, can you comment briefly on this case? The case you're referring to is Bonnie Lewis and Economical Insurance Group. Bonnie Lewis walked out of a variety store and struck her head on a steel pole protruding from a truck parked the wrong way on the street in front of the store. Ms. Lewis did not see the pole before she walked into it. The evidence was that the pole was unmarked, gray in color, and nearly invisible. The pole struck Ms. Lewis near her right temple. She fell to the ground unconscious. She suffered a serious head injury, which left her cognitively impaired. The truck driver drove away, not realizing his role in the accident. Because neither he nor the truck could be identified, Ms. Lewis sued her own insurance company, Economical, for damages for personal injuries. The Ontario Insurance Act mandates that certain provisions are included in all automobile insurance policies. Ms. Lewis's automobile insurance policy provided coverage for personal injuries she sustained resulting from an accident involving the negligence of an unidentified or uninsured automobile. The specific provision of the Ontario Insurance Act that was an issue in the case is the provision that provides that an insured person injured while a pedestrian is covered only if struck by an unidentified automobile. The issue before the court was whether Ms. Lewis was struck by the truck. There are many cases which have held that the legislative intent of this provision of the Insurance Act is to help motorists injured by drivers of uninsured and unidentified automobiles, and accordingly, the wording must be interpreted broadly and liberally. The Court of Appeal held that the ordinary meaning of the words struck by mean coming into contact with and do not specifically ascribe movement to either object involved. The Court of Appeal recognized that the more likely case of coverage would involve a truck driving with a protruding pipe, striking a pedestrian walking along a sidewalk beside the road. However, the Court of Appeal did not believe that the legislative intent was to exclude coverage for injuries resulting from someone walking into a pipe protruding from a stationary automobile. The Court of Appeal also held that the expectation of the insured was that she would be covered whether the truck was moving or stationary. Uh, David, were you surprised by the appeal and this ruling? Well, nothing surprises me anymore. But I don't think Ms. Lewis succeeded just because she suffered a serious head injury. There are lower court cases which apply to similar analysis. In one such case, the plaintiff was sitting at a breakfast table when an uninsured car drove into the wall of her house, causing a very loud bang, as well as shaking of the house. The plaintiff suffered physical and psychological injuries. Her insurer argued that she was not struck by an automobile, but the court held that her injuries resulted from the proximate sensory invasion, the notional equivalent of being struck. Another case involves a pedestrian standing on a street corner when a car went out of control, mounted the curb, and struck a street sign. The street sign bent over and struck the pedestrian. He sued his insurer, who argued that he was not struck by an automobile. The court in that case also did not agree that the words should be interpreted literally. 
the force of the impact was transmitted to the plaintiff through the street sign, and the court concluded that he was struck by an automobile. The Court of Appeal in the Bonnie Lewis case pointed out that it was not opening the floodgates to injury claims by people walking into unidentified parked automobiles. If the owner or driver of a parked automobile was not negligent, the injured person would not have any legal entitlement to damages. In this case, the gray protruding pipe should have been clearly marked. Uh, David, in Canada, how common is an appeal in insurance coverage matters? I don't believe that an appeal in insurance coverage matter is any more or less common in the province of Ontario than in the United States. When the facts are not in dispute and the issue relates to the interpretation of the facts or an interpretation of an insurance policy wording in light of agreed-upon facts, the Court of Appeal is in just as good a position as the lower court to make the determination. In those types of cases, when either party feels the lower court decision is wrong, that party is not reluctant to bring an appeal to the Ontario Court of Appeal. And can you help to define the uh, Insurance Act in Canada? Is it strictly for automobile coverage, or does it apply to other lines of insurance as well? No, it applies to other lines as well. The Ontario Insurance Act is very detailed. It has provisions regarding licensing and regulation of insurance companies, as well as licensing and regulation of insurance agents, brokers, and adjusters. And then there are provisions dealing with all different types of lines of insurance, fire insurance, life insurance, accident and sickness insurance, automobile insurance, etc. Are the coverage laws similar among the Canadian provinces? The coverage laws between the Canadian provinces have many similarities. In most lines of insurance, the laws are very similar. I think the biggest difference is with respect to statutory accident benefits that are payable in respect of automobile accidents occurring in Ontario. Our statutory accident benefits are similar to personal injury protection benefits available in the United States, although statutory accident benefits in Ontario are quite wide-ranging and quite generous. They include payment of medical and rehabilitation expenses, but also compensation for loss of income, attendant care, housekeeping expenses, etc. In the case of death, there are also funeral benefits and death benefits that are payable. And David, have you been directly involved in cases similar to the one we discussed this morning? I've had a similar case, well, not too dissimilar, and that actually involved my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was driving her car. She was involved in a motor vehicle accident. Her friend was pinned in the vehicle. My mother-in-law thought that her friend was seriously injured. My mother-in-law actually had a heart attack, and she died at the scene. I filled out the paperwork for my father-in-law claiming the funeral benefit and the death benefit. The test for recovery of those benefits, of any benefits under our accident benefits provisions, I don't think require a liberal interpretation. Statutory accident benefits are payable if the insured person suffers injury or dies as a result of an automobile accident. But the insurer of my in-laws denied that they had an obligation to pay. They still refused, even after I referred them to a reported decision, which involved a motorist losing control of his vehicle, driving off the road, and getting stuck in a ditch not far from his home. He climbed out of the ditch, and as he was walking towards his home along the side of the road, he had a heart attack and died. In that case, the court concluded that there was a causal connection between his heart attack and the automobile accident. After I commenced an action, the insurer of my in-laws agreed to pay the death benefits to my father-in-law without having to take the case any further. Well, sorry to hear that story about your in-laws, but thank you for sharing them with us this morning. Okay, you're welcome. And thanks for joining us today, Dave. Oh, you're very welcome.
That was David Burstein from the law firm of Lang Michener in Toronto, Ontario. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to today's producer, John Weber. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. And if you have any suggestions for your future topic, uh, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 